Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. Michael Hamlet enjoying a well-earned day off. Um, and a sort of table-setting episode is probably the nicest way I can describe this Raw. Yeah, it's set a table for somewhere I've already eaten. <laughs> a lot of repetition here, a lot of familiar scenarios. You're going to be a little bit uh, more positive, I think. So, you know, I'll probably be a morning bastard <laughs> throughout much of this. But, you know, I'll try and make it entertaining. And I think I've got a rant up my sleeve. Because there's certain Raw and whatever reviews where I'm like, yep, this is just what they do. And I'm, fund- I'm constitutionally opposed to the way that they write television. Even if the individual aspects, certain promos, certain matches, Triple H combo angles, so even a hypothetical scenario that isn't uh, relevant. <laughs> I like some of it, yeah. and indeed I liked some of it tonight, but my God, I was just fairly bored throughout this. I was annoyed that I turned the show on this morning and subsequently looked at Twitter and they announced two awesome matches at the last minute before this show. And I was like, oh, it'd have been great to preview those two triple threats beforehand. But even not considering your professional capacity, it might have been awesome to anticipate those matches. Yeah. It might have been cool to look forward to those matches a week removed from those matches had they been built by, I don't know, what's it called? What's it called? Oh, sorry, this is de- an angle. <laughs> it's like... Bailey, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley in a match. Great. Tell me in advance, not just a few hours before, but it's it's what WWE does, of course. So I don't know why I'm surprised. You know what I should do right here is we often talk about this in relation to wrestlers or angles or whatever. We uh, invoke, I suppose, what we can call the, the family guy principle, which is the, uh, the episode where um, someone's employed to stand next to Meg and they go, hey, Meg, you get less ugly? Because of that. So, I know you weren't a huge fan of this, Raw, but did you see the news this morning about them potentially doing a six-hour Raw on the 19th of December? Jesus Christ. Now, it's not obviously going to be a six-hour show that they then broadcast. It's going to be... The con's good. Back to back. Well, this is exactly what Andy said. It's going to be... Potentially, I doubt this is going to happen uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, I believe, is where it's going to be taking place. Potentially, they may 
tape the 26th of December Monday Night Raw there because obviously they're actually being nice for once and giving people uh, the time off. Probably they should just do a clip show because no one cares about wrestling in the festive period, let's say, or less so, uh, apart from trolls on Twitter being, oh, the ratings have died. Yeah, everyone's just having a nice time with their family. I'm increasingly of the opinion that what happens every single year, I don't give a toss about wrestling at the moment. Yeah. Try as I might. Certain things I really like. Even on this show, there were certain things I like. No one gives a toss about wrestling in December. It's reflected everywhere. The yeah. arenas, the numbers, like no one cares. You see the Rampage number this week. Oh my God, that <laughs> is terrifying. Again, it might be a December thing where like wrestling never stops, right? For one million reasons, it should have an off season. Imagine if it was just off for like a month. A week, you'd be like, Buzzing. Yeah. Right? Don't have to do anything. By the third week, you'd be like, oh, I'll really miss it. And then you could think about um, potential booking scenarios. You could think about, like, the cliffhangers that a competent booker would, like, sort of, like, dangle over the narrative mm. um, to get back into it. You can think, right, okay, well, it's all resetting now. There was a regulatory body who imposed an off-season upon the professional wrestling industry for four weeks it would feel like a lifetime, given that we've had a lifetime of yeah. watching wrestling nonstop, right? Can you imagine what Tony Khan would come back with? And Triple H would yeah. come back with for that first week back, right? Okay, well, it's a bloody race now. We've reset it. You want to watch my show? No, you want to watch my fucking show? I'm going to book this match. Well, I'm going to book this match. It would be awesome. It's amazing wrestling hasn't realized that, considering how well people do when they go away, usually due to injuries, and then come back. Yeah. Like... Apply that to the industry that you're in. Go away. Like if, I know uh, it's a bit different with AEW. They don't necessarily have the sort of January to April. Right, we're going to try now. But imagine if full gear, that finished, and they went, cool, see you in January. And Survivor Series War Games finished. They went, cool, see you in January. The anticipation, like we wouldn't be stuck for things to talk about. Yeah, I know. It's absolute uh, pie in the sky stuff, though, because the reason why wrestling used to get criminal lack of money considering how many people have watched it historically mm. is because the TV industry historically hated it, thinks it's lowbrow, thinks that the people who watch it are stupid um, hicks in low-paid jobs who therefore can't buy the pretty things that are advertised to them, yeah. just driven the TV industry forever. <laughs> so they just thought, right, okay, well, it gets an audience. Maybe they're not spending enough on the products that are advertised to them via the vehicle that is episodic TV. But if nothing else, if nothing else, used to ruffle wrestling's head, if nothing else, right, it never stops. Mm. So we're never stuck for content ever. It's, like, inexpensive to produce and all the rest of it. Um, So, aye, it needs a month off. This Rampage rating, Jesus Christ, 0.08, like 390,000. Look, it's worse than when it was on at 4 p.m. on a yeah, it's died of neglect a long, long, long time ago. I has to rebrand it. I know this is a different yeah uh, topic, but maybe we could talk about it at some point. Yeah, me, you, and Drew Gulak should team up and make a PowerPoint presentation for advertisers as well, because like, oh, these these wrestling fans, they haven't got any money to spend on it. Have you seen the merch that they're willing to pay money for? Christ, on like. Every, uh, and every kiss, as just we know, cl- starts with a K. So, you know, K Jewelers. Just, just that to, weird advert. Yeah. Mm. Just to clarify, I'm not saying that people who watch wrestling are uneducated poors who don't have a good enough job to buy products. I'm not saying that at all, right? 
I'm saying historically yeah. the TV industry has, and the only reason why wrestling has survived in its current form um, is because it never, ever stops, and it's always bankable content. Mm. Uh, right, so let's get on to Raw. Uh, the Bloodline, the best thing in wrestling, uh, come out to uh, start the show, and they show footage of them. What would your best friend say about that? Uh, I think he'd say it's fair assessment. I think I think he reckon, you think, recognizes Zeus. Who he recognizes Zeus? Do you think MJF would be happy that you're saying that anyone but him is the best thing about wrestling right now? Probably not, but it's. I think it's a fair assessment. I think he's got the potential to be, but hey, well, where does he rank in your list? Second best. So you're saying he's number two. Something like saying he's a number two, Wilborn. <laughs> Literally uh, a number two behind the wand. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they show footage of the bloodline arriving. Uh, Byron Saxton uh, tries to interview them, but he's bad at his job. And uh, Matt Riddle flies past on his scooter. Hey, bros. Uh, and they say, we're going to kill that prick later. And then I quite like this as a story beat. Elias walks around the corner and goes, it's all this commotion. And they go, oh, just kill him instead. So they kick the crap out of him uh, and leave. Get, and then it cuts back to the ring. And the Usos do the whole Washington, uh, the bloodline is now in your city thing. And they say, big title match is cancelled. Um, Elias is hurt, but uh doesn't matter. And we're the champions and we'll defend our belts anytime. <laughs> I like the fact that Sami Zayn was like, Bet. Sorry, sorry, I just felt like it was a good good place to drop a bet in. <laughs> just trying to appropriate their language at all, every opportunity, my dog. Uh, so Riddle uh, interrupts and says, it wasn't very oozy of you uh, to run from a fight. And uh, Zane says, well, hold up, hold up, my dog. Uh, not everyone can say what's oozy and what isn't. Uh, I am an oozologist, and I know what's oozy. <laughs> Only Sami Zayn can get away with that. Yeah, I was just about to say, he's, he's lucky he's Sami Zayn, because I love him so much. Uh, and he says, so those will go, oozy, the Usos, oozy, Matt Riddle, not oozy. And uh, Riddle says, and he says, you know, piss off, basically. And Riddle says, well, I would piss off, but, uh, you know, there was meant to be a tag team title match tonight, and you took my partner out. But uh, bollocks to him. I've got a new one. It's Kevin Owens. <laughs> I like. I quite like this as a story beat for the clearly obvious. I mean, presumably Elias was legit hurt, hence why they had to change plans and et cetera, et cetera here. But I do like the fact that Elias is like, every sin- ever since I've started associating with you, my life has been miserable, Matt Riddle. And it's going to be completely justified when he turns on him because Riddle was like, oh, no. Oh, well, uh, Kevin, obviously, I'll just tag with him instead. It's a story beat. Matt Riddle makes the lives of people he associates with miserable is a bit on the nose. <laughs> Notwithstanding, um, I didn't hate this. If, in fact, there was an actual legit injury to Elias and this was their workaround, mm. it's very good because it still leaves the door open for Elias to say, you prick, I'm going to turn on you because you took all of two minutes to find a new partner. Yeah. Rather than delay the title match, the contract for which has presumably been signed, as if these, as if these things even matter in WWE. Mm, but yeah. let's say, in this specific case, they do. We have the contract. All you had to do was wait a week for me to be cleared, and you couldn't even give me that. You don't respect me. I'm going to hit you with a guitar. We're going to have a two-and-a-half-star Symphony of Destruction match. But regardless, you build... A silly gimmick match at the same time as you sort of replace the originally scheduled tag team match with, let's face it, a far better one because 
Kevin Owens is a better wrestler than Elias. Yeah. End of yeah. fact. All the rest of it. Even if he isn't injured, you get a better match than the one advertised, and you give the character Elias further fuel to turn on Riddle. Yeah. At the same time, you further progress, progress rather, the um, Montreal Boys versus Bloodline mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feud. I'm not going to say it. Oh. But this is very enterprising of Triple H. Doesn't deserve the catchphrase. No, not yet. But this is pretty uh, I was really creative. impressed with this because when they initially went, it's cancelled, I went, ah. Oh. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, presumably Elias is hurt, but as WWE often does, <laughs> it's better when things get broken or, you know, you can't do the thing that you were originally planning to do. And they go, oh, just do this because it's better. Um, so, yeah, we got the Usos versus uh, Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens for the Undisputed Tag Team titles. Uh, back and forth early on, uh, Owens comes in getting the hot tag and uh, it's after a break and just runs wild. Hits Jimmy Uso with a swanton bomb for a two count. Uh, goes for a stunner and a pop-up powerbomb, but Jimmy blocks both and hits a super kick. Uh, Jay Uso and uh, Matt Riddle come in and exchange strikes. Riddle sends Jay out of the ring. Uh, Owens is about to go after him, and then Solo Zuccoa, the enforcer, who it's just, I, I, I keep saying this, I think they're booking him perfectly. He's got the aura. Yeah. He just stands in Owens' way, and even Owens is like, Nah, I mean, obviously they're in the middle of a title match, so he's not going to blah, blah, blah. But anyway, Riddle dives out of the ring to take Sokoa out of the equation, basically. But in the midst of all this, um, Jay slides back in and secretly tags in Jay, which Riddle doesn't notice because he's been distracted by Sami Zayn being Sami Zayn. Uh, and then they hit Riddle with the 1D as soon as they come back in uh, and get the 1, 2, 3. Usos retain the tag team titles. Post-match, Usos decide to kick the crap out of Riddle even more. Owen says, I'm not standing for this, grabs a chair, chases them to the back, and leaves a wounded Matt Riddle in the middle of the ring with a very pissed-off Solo Sokoa because he was attacked by Matt Riddle. All of this makes sense. And Solo Sokoa destroys him. Um, he attacks him, pulls pulls out the uh, Samoan spike, a la, you manja! He's going to be coming back, Regal, so then we can drop a few more of those references. Uh, running hip attack, and he's like, actually, no, that's not enough. And he sort of wraps the chair around Matt Riddle's head and neck and does another running hip attack in the corner. And uh, Riddle gets the full stretcher job as Sokoa just walks out, very pleased with what he did here. I thought the match was pretty good. Um, the crowd were quite hot for it by the stance of a WWE crowd. It was quite dramatic. You kind of suspected that Sami Zayn was going to distract Kevin Owens. And for once, I say it all the time, there's a good and bad version of everything, whether that thing is ordinarily good or ordinarily bad, in fact. The idea that the entrance music of a wrestler is enough to distract you and make you frozen in place and succumb to a roll-up is pathetic, absolutely pathetic. The relationship is so tenured and complex and lived in between Owens and Sami Zayn that I can readily suspend my disbelief that these two men are a distraction to each other, Mm. even if, as at last week, they claim that isn't the case. They are claiming, but the subtext is that they'll never, ever forget each other. They'll never stop thinking about each other. They are on each other's minds constantly. They are telling you something and showing you something different, and those two things are very, very crucial. So yes, if it's a distraction between Kevin and Sammy, I can 100% buy it. The first 20 minutes of the show were actually really damn good, Yeah, particularly the solo, solo uh, sicker <laughs> bit. Um, one thing I will say is that 
I would have done one Umaga signature spot. Mm. Um, I would just I would have left it at the spike, right? And the chair visual was good, but you don't want him to look like a cosplayer, mm. particularly when they've done such a great job, a genuinely tremendous job with Solo, of making him feel like his own man, mm. which is really, really impressive given who he's standing alongside. You've got actual powerhouses here to play off and to distinguish yourself from. You've got Roman Reigns, like the most menacing, imposing, sinister, cool guy in all of wrestling, quite frankly. Sami Zayn, like a comedic genius, this sort of, should it work? I don't care. It does. Mm-hmm. you got the Usos who, you know, Young Buck's better, but that <laughs> notwithstanding are legitimized in WWE law as pretty much the best tag team in their fiction anyway that yeah. they've ever yeah. had. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I can buy it. Yeah. I can buy what they're selling to me. Solo Sigmar has done remarkably well to stand out and appear on their level almost. I would rein in this particular facet of his act and not make it too cosplay because you don't want to look at him and think of somebody else Yeah, when he's doing an absolutely awesome job of standing on his own two feet. I'm still going to take a victory lap. We said that <laughs> Matt Riddle was going to be destroyed and given a stretcher job. I mean, technically, we're still correct. We just didn't call Yes, <laughs> who did it. Uh, don't worry. There'll be a victory lap. I'll go around the entire building, even in the dreary, yes. dreary Blade Runner rain that is Gateshead right now. I will run around this building with a victory lap. God damn it. Quite right. Uh, so Stay tuned. The Usos go on to uh, defend their tag titles on Friday uh, against, well, it's now going to be the Brawling Brutes. Uh, Drew McIntyre medically disqualified, which is not a term I've heard before. Oh, yeah, yeah I've heard that. I've not heard that. I just, you know, not cleared, whatever. Uh, and these places are going to be taken by Butch. They announced that at some point during this show. Uh, and then they said, yeah, two triple threat matches tonight. The winners of those will face each other next week to determine the person who's going to face Bianca Belair next. Uh, and Rhea Ripley's there with the Judgment Day um, talking about uh, becoming the new number one contender. She says, uh, Bailey and Asker are great, but they're not Rhea Bloody Ripley. She's been listening to the podcast. Um She's uh, coming after Bianca Belair, and after that, everyone's going to call her Mammy. Like, I need any encouragement. And she whispers something to Dominic Mysterio and says, you guys are right, I'll take it by myself. Because she doesn't need them, because she's kind of the de facto leader of the Judgment Day, isn't she, really? Yeah, pretty much, I. Uh, then we go backstage to the uh, JBL Invitational Poker Tournament. Uh, two tables... I don't really know the rules of how this worked out. It wasn't like they were going through to a final table, but there was the likes of, obviously, Baron Corbin. Maybe you like the triple threat matches, the winner from this, each table. Would <laughs> yeah. you want to have a, can you have a two on, one-on-one game of poker? Yeah, heads up. You love poker, you! A little sneaky poker guy in the background here. Baron Corbin, Chad Gable. Otis was there. I don't think he was playing. Uh, Dominic Mysterio, Mia Yim, Shelton Benjamin. That must have been fun if you were on the table with them two. Uh, Akira Tozawa, Dana Brooke. Tamina, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, AJ Styles, they're all playing poker, basically. A nice touch to put Shelton and Mia on the same table. Yeah. Um, JBL says, this is going to be the, as grand of a spectacle as Mania. Didn't look it. Um, and he says, uh, a lot of these people don't see eye to eye. You, Akira Tozawa, basically. Uh, poker is a gentleman and a gentlewoman game. So, progressive. Uh, <laughs> Dexter Loomis shows up with Johnny Gargano in tow uh, and he says oh, you can't play and then Dexter Loomis drops the big bag of money that he won last week on the table and suddenly JBL is more than welcoming to him people will think this is great you know and they're welcome to their opinion what would have been on the show 
had this poker game inexplicably filmed. Why would you film this on a wrestling show? Why do I care about these things? I'll never stop posting through it, Wilborn. I uh, just, yeah. It exists as a vehicle to have characters interact and set up matches. I prefer fixtures. You know what? It's December. I don't give a toss anymore if you like this. Each to their own. Each to their own. Uh, I'll be will, will ranting later. Don't worry. Bailey enters for her match. And then I got confused because I was like, wait, wait a second. Becky Lynch isn't in this. But obviously, it's the continuation of the Becky uh, Bailey stuff. Becky's coming through the crowd. She gets a great reaction. She says, oh, I like, you. like that sign, even though it said big time Bex. None of that. The man, not big time Bex. We're not going back to that. All right. Um, and uh, Lynch talks about their history together, three years since they had a match, and she puts Bailey over, you know, holding this place down in the Thunderdome era. Uh, Bailey says, come on, give me a cheer, and the crowd don't. And uh, Bailey says, stop reminiscing. Um, uh, it's always about you, isn't it, Becky? Always has to be the spotlight on you. The fans don't respect me. The fans chant for Becky. Uh, and Lynch says, you know, look what you've done, damaged Katarl. You know, they're, they're successful. Well, two-thirds are successful. You've got tag team champions and then a loser who tags along with them, which is a nice little neg. And uh, she says, look, hey, you win this triple threat, I win my triple threat. Or basically, if you win your triple threat, you're going to go one-on-one with the man because she's confident of winning hers. Um, nice little back and forth between these two. I'm very excited to see them wrestle each other, which is obviously where we're heading. But never mind all that. So Becky goes to leave. Rhea Ripley comes out. And it, it's just a stare down, and it was money, wasn't it? It was just so exciting, the potential of this. That was money. The stare down between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair was money. Rhea Ripley needs to do something of massive significance at WrestleMania this year. Yeah. I think she will. I think she will. But, uh, yeah, this I just don't like the Bailey Hill character. Mm. End of. Uh, it's like, it's one thing when she comes back as a heel, and I think she should have just came back as a baby face and said, look, I've had time to ruminate. I was a bit of a bellend for the last however many months. I've really missed it, and I didn't think I would, but I've missed you, and I want to work hard for you and win a title and be baby face again because she was the best fucking baby face yes. of this company for the past decade or century even. She was better than John Cena for my money, okay, as a pure working baby face with just that appeal. So it's one thing to say, all right, the, the, the vision's fallen into disarray. It's hard. If you monitor um, Evolution 2018 to what had happened when Vince McMahon had resigned in disgrace, it was a complete... Retired, but okay, yeah. It was a complete disaster. <laughs> Retired okay. at the wrong age. No wanker he is. What a disgrace. It had completely fallen off, to use uh, a young person's phrase, okay? Mm. So the Bailey Fresh. character like pretty much overlapping with Triple H returning, had a pretty good character MO, even though she was miscast. I'm going to say this division because I'm the person to do it, okay? Lose, 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 lose. Her words no longer have any credibility. I think they are poorly delivered. I think she is floundering as a heel. There's nothing detestable about her other than the fact that I find her... Terrible jokes, the laughing, the stupid, overly verbose dialogue. I'm cringing at this. Mm. It's not right. It's not on. You know, the problem is, is this would be so much better if we were back in the Thunderdome and she could take over all the screens. Mm -hmm. People have genuinely pitched that on the internet. Yeah, I know, I know. I've seen it and hated it. 
Uh, right, so then we got the uh, the triple threat match: Bailey versus Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and she has to win this one to make sense of what she was saying. But what she was saying would have made more sense if she hadn't lost like all of the time before tonight. And Bianca Belair was like, "I beat her." She literally said in a promo later, "Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see my face, but I've, I've beaten Bailey loads, so I can beat her again. So if anything, I hope it's her, so I can yeah. beat her again." Um, this was a load of fun, as you'd expect. These are all quite good wrestlers. There were a bit, bit of miscommunication in spots, but uh, Ripley versus Bailey versus Asuka is just really an enjoyable 15 minutes. Uh, Ripley takes both of them out with a dive off the apron to take us to a break. When we come back, Ripley and Bailey are working together to take out Asuka, but then Asuka chucks Bailey out of the ring and uh, hits Ripley with strikes and a code breaker to get a near fall. Um, Asuka starts nailing both of them with uh, yes kicks. Uh, but Bailey catches her in a cradle. Then Ripley headbutts Bailey, and Asuka gives Bailey a German suplex. Asuka knocks Ripley down with a kick, but then Bailey takes Asuka out of the ring before she could do anything to follow that up. Bailey's like, "Come on, let's team up against Rhea Ripley." And Ripley's like, "I don't trust you." So they start fighting each other. Asuka hits them with a sort of double code breaker. Tries to pin each woman. They both kick out. Uh, Asuka hits Bailey with a missile drop kick and puts her in the Asuka lock. Ripley breaks that up. So Asuka puts Ripley in an armbar, but Bailey breaks that up with an elbow drop. Uh, Bailey gives Asuka a belly to belly, but Ripley breaks that one up as well. Uh, Ripley headbutts Bailey. I think she gets pulled by the hair at one point uh, and hits a Northern Lights suplex for two. Um, Ripley knocks Bailey to the outside, goes for like a flip dive off the steps, but Bailey moves out of the way and Ripley just eats crap on the floor, basically. She's out. She's selling that on the floor. Uh, and it looks like Asuka might get the win. Uh, she goes to the middle rope, drop kick, misses, and uh, Bailey out of nowhere snatches her up. Rose plant, one, two, three. Bailey advances, and Ripley kicked the crap out of Asuka afterwards and hit her with a riptide to get her heat back. Lovely bit of business, this. By, I would say, some distance, the better of the two triple threat matches. Um, each wrestler played the character very well. Yeah. Asuka was almost too eager, almost too noble as a baby face to get really amongst it. And she was like ripped apart by the two heels, like at various points. Um, Bailey played the opportunistic. I'm not as good as I used to be, but I'm cleverer than the rest. So I'll just pick my spots to try and get that win. And Rhea Ripley is just this destroyer character, mm. and it's so captivating she to looks watch. Huge. Yes, her presence is absolutely incredible. At Willborn, that is another really good insight from me. Hey, just call me Butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Like. I do not want to get drop kicked by that woman God, no. ever. It looks really, really painful. So snug. The way she carries herself is amazing. And what I love about the Rhea Ripley character at present is that you can tell that not only is she living her best life on the main roster by some goddamn distance, but it's very much reciprocated by management. You can tell that they are trying to position her to succeed, and they are really trying to, like, carefully consider her character I potentially I'm so glad she didn't get pinned here Ask is at the level now where it's like I've accepted her she's going to lose these matches it's, it, I guess it's fine even though I'm a big fan of hers Rhea Ripley didn't get pinned I would rather she wasn't in the match itself but again they're considering right okay well she's an asset she's someone we're really looking to do business for us in the medium term in the long term so how do we uh, effectively write her out so she doesn't look like she's been sort of sullied mm. by the fact that she hasn't won here. That bump oh. to take her out of the match was wild. And credit for her for taking it. Credit for who, the agent or her, who whoever came up with the idea for it, because it just felt like, right, okay, you've tried to kill someone, you've narrowly failed, but it's fine, because I still believe you can yes. kill someone 
in the next time you enter that ring. So no, this is a good bit of business, this. Yeah, it's, I, I'm actually in a good mood yeah. about this episode of Raw. Because he's not here. Um, no, I'm joking. But uh, it is one of those things where for months... I like, don't go out of your way to watch it. <laughs> if you're one of those people who says, you know, um, I, I'm glad this podcast exists. It means I don't have to succumb to formal yeah. and watch it myself. I don't think this is notebook worthy or like anything to really go out of your way to watch. But if you were of mind, if you're more receptive to what WWE does mm. than I am, then maybe you would have liked this first hour, certainly. Yeah, I think I've sat here for months now and gone, well, no point even doing the Royal Rumble, if anything, because you just have Cody Rhodes and, and Becky Lynch win it. I've changed my mind. Like, I 100% believe, whether it's at the beginning or if it's like you 20 people in and someone's going on a, a, a tear... Let's say, fingers crossed, someone like a Sasha Banks is on a tear and they're like, well, it's, you know, it's tough this, but I'm getting through it. Imagine you're like, yeah, two-thirds of the way through and suddenly Rhea Ripley comes out. I buy you going, oh, for, well, what? It's like Brazil, for yeah. example, in the World Cup. You're like, okay, right, less so if you're South Korea, sorry. But if you're like playing Brazil, you're like, okay, we're about 60 minutes in. We've contained Neymar. We've contained Vinicius Jr., think we might have a chance here and then they bring on like Rafinha or Richarlison or and you're like oh for really that's not fair really enjoying the world cup at the moment it's great that that Richarlison goal last night oh my god (laughs) just absolutely liquid football it wasn't as good as but it gave me the same like Feeling if you know that um, that famous Jack Wilshire goal, yes, I exactly th- what it was against Norwich, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a top five all-time Premier League goal for me. Yeah, right up there. That is amazing. You know what? I don't think it's the most underrated PL goal ever because it was just I don't understand how they operated in such sync. And I think a lot of people love that goal. Can you remember? And I think it was like mid twenty tens. I think it was um. When Mourinho's second Chelsea stint, the Andre Schurler goal and the Fabregas assist for it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. I think that's the most underrated goal. I think that's the best assist I've ever seen. Uh, what a player Fabregas was. I have a confession to make, and I was meant to tell you. It was early. Fabregas for Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah. He did turn yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a confession to make, uh, and I was going to tell you this earlier in the office, but I'm going to have to tell you live on a podcast now. Um, do you remember, uh, uh, is it Benjamin Pavard? For uh, France, that goal against... That's my favourite World Cup goal ever. I scored a goal in my head that was quite similar to that last night at five aside. And it was... (laughs) It's genuinely the most impressive goal I've ever scored, in my opinion. So much so, and I never do this, I celebrated it. (laughs) Right, okay, tell me. Wait there. Oh. It's time to play the game! Useless. Did he do Sue? I didn't know. I I, I draw the line at that. We do that as a bit in the office, but I think anyone who, aside from if you're playing Portugal, like uh, I think it was the Ghanaian who did it, I think if you shoot, do a Sue, I think you need to have a word with yourself a little bit. Uh, Townsend as well, didn't he? Yes. If you banter it off, which we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. But if you try and, if like five or so, basically, I just, I don't know why. I, was, I think it was just because I was just full of joy on, what was it? Sunday. Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. Uh, 
I did the Harry Kane, the little, yeah, little, yeah. yeah. It literally, ball across. We'll, we'll get back to Raw in a second, I promise. Uh, ball across, and we play on a five-side pitch with like the, you know the ones where it's like the boards up to like waist high? Power League, Dunstan. Uh, Gateshead uh, it's, Teams, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But boards up to waist. I used to play there all the time, brother. It's so good. I'll tell you about my best goal there okay. moment, momentarily. Boards up to like waist, like waist height-ish and then netting, sort of like that. The ball gets played across and it sort of hit the top of the um, boards. So it's bouncing, right? Bounces once. And, I mean, if, you, if you're Graham Sooners, you're saying, you've got to get out of him. You've got, to, you've got to close that down, right? Bounces. I'm like, I'm going to volley this. I'm just going to go for it. Side note, I did this last week and it went into the car park. So <laughs> it doesn't happen every week. And I just hit it. And you're like, in my, I, like, I've probably misremembered it. If there was actual footage of it, it probably just like P-rolled into the corner. But you know how the Pavard one just sort of bends like through players almost? Yeah. Goalkeeper didn't move, bends it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like Jenny didn't know what. Like you could tell it was not actually a talent because it was just like, well, that happens once every million shots that I take. And I was like, everyone's like, Oh, good shot, that. <laughs> I went, yeah! yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your goal, and we'll remarkably, get back to Remarkably similar. Remarkably similar. It just bobbled, like a loose pass, and it just went, badoosh, off the thing, and it kind of looped up. So it was like, it was one of those where I was, had to control it on the volley, but it was like, if you imagine, like, um, like an N, and then an N again, yes. or a M, that was the arc of the ball. Lowercase. Lowercase. Aye. So it's like you have to catch it on the volley as it's coming down, get it over and then under, but mm. under head height as well. Because we, yeah, we yeah, play yeah. head height as we well. Didn't, we don't play head height, but I've played in those sorts of games. We yeah. did play head height at the time. So I did that. It was like, you did Pavard. Right, okay. I was like, Matt Letizia? Oh, You know his like beautiful like rainbow arc volleys yeah. where up and down. So this went. Shame right, okay. he's such an arsehole in real life, isn't it? Halfway line as well. Oh. Oh my god! Halfway line and Chris Payne. He's actually like a really good goalkeeper, which just added it because it's oh, yeah. if it's just the guy whose turn it is to be in goal, it doesn't really work. You know, there's certain goals where you think the keeper didn't dive in an aesthetically pleasing enough way, where yeah. even if the technique of the shot and the placement and the accuracy and the power, if the keeper dives funny and it's not that good of a goal, <laughs> yes, and, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the best dive possible because Chris Payne was really good in goal, and it just nestled like just buried bottom corner and that prick right was like yeah Chris Payne good cool. pal of mine I haven't seen you around in a while but you know be really nice the next time we run into each other so I didn't think you had that in you oh. I was like well I do and you do know because it's just flew past your f***ing hands <laughs> <laughs> and that was this week's five a side break on the Raw Review yes <laughs> Next week, um, remind me, I'll tell you about the funniest near fight. Oh, we also had a fight last night as well. That's on next week's Five-A-Side Break on the Raw Review. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Back to Monday Night Raw. Uh, time for Seth Rollins. Sick naked! People say we're obsessed with that. We are. Uh, he comes out. Was he in blue snakeskin? It was an, another outrageous outfit. Yeah, he's... Well, he, he doesn't have to do this every single week. He, this must cost a fortune. I was thinking this, because when he gets into it with Lashley, he sort of chucked the jacket, and I was like, that could have flown into the crowd, and that's your jacket gone. And it's also a weirdly specific jacket, because it has to be fitted appropriately with the top and the shoulders, but also show off your midriff. Yeah. He's know. wasting his money, that lad. Um, if you had like ten, yeah, and then he cycled them in well, and I out. I do my Christmas jumpers. Yes, <laughs> you had ten and cycled them in and out. That would be a better idea. Uh, so he comes out. He's going to be facing Bobby Lashley next week to determine the number one contender for the United States Championship. Uh, he starts cutting a promo, gets the crowd to sing a song, and he gets interrupted by Bobby Lashley, who uh, comes out and says, "You know, I've got to hear. I want to hear what you got to say, but you be careful what you say here." Uh, and he says. He's just baiting him now. He's Seth Rollins. He's been the prick that he does brilliantly. What's wrong, Bobby? You just haven't seemed to have been the same since you lost to Brock Lesnar. Um, he said, uh, look, there's no shame at losing to Brock Lesnar. Look what he's achieved. But he like got a bit, of a, a bit of a weird upset. Are you crushing on, Brock? Uh, it's been going on a, a long old time. Are you, are you scared of Brock Lesnar? I mean, look, he's bigger and stronger than you are. And you can just, he's, he's just getting wound up. He's like, no, no, I can... See what you're trying to do. I'm not going to rise to it. And he says, well, if you're not scared of him, you must be jealous. Because at the end of the day, he's a bigger star than you are. Won more titles. He basically has had the career that you wish you'd had. And Lashley grabs him by the lapels and says, look, this isn't about Brock Lesnar. It's about me and you and the US title. And Seth says, hey, buddy, relax. Look, that title... Isn't going to fill the void because you can't beat Brock Lesnar. And you're like, don't do it, Seth. One more and he's going to snap here. And he says, oh, if you don't get your head right for next week, beating you is going to be easier than it was the first time I beat you. Boom, Lashley snaps, nails him with the right. Huge brawl breaks out. All the officials run down. Postman Pierce is there. The referees, backstage producers all trying to separate them. They do and then they glom back together basically. 
They get separated in the ring, and Lashley breaks away from the guys that are holding him back, goes to spear Rollins, but Rollins dodges it, and poor Petey Williams, the producer, eats it, gets broken in half by this, and then, yeah, Postman Pete's like, what the fuck have you done? You've killed one of my producers. It looked incredible, this. That looked incredible. Um, but I have to wonder um, what the casuals thought of Petey Williams, who's never been introduced on <laughs> WWE television, yeah. nor has he um, really done much. You know, he's, he's an Impact guy. He's not is a he? WWE guy, so uh. how would anyone know who he is and then feel the requisite sympathy? Or how could he s- register to the WWE audience as this really senior respected figure in order to become an official in the first place, how much of a transgression it is to do that. Mm. Casuals must be mystified. Arseholes. I like the timing of that. Yeah. It looked great. Um, I was baffled by all of this, if I'm being perfectly honest. Absolutely baffled. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't it Seth Rollins at some point? The whole aim of the game here is that Seth Rollins, knowing that in a fair fight without Bobby Lashley like, not in the right frame of mind, too impulsive. Like, Seth Rollins needs to peck at his psyche like a woodpecker to unsettle Lashley so that when they do eventually clash, he might make a mistake. I'm certain that's the story here. Yes, yeah. There's two problems I have with this. One, I thought he was a babyface now. Yeah, I got a bit confused by that. So it's a bit like heel, snaky strategy here. Actually, got three problems. Two, didn't he, correct me if I'm wrong, say this US title isn't going to console you because it's it's not going to solve your Brock Lesnar problem. You're still going to feel inadequate compared to Brock Lesnar. Wasn't he all but saying, you don't, Lesnar's more important than the title Mm. in your priorities here. Why bury the title? It's, again, Triple H doing something bad to make something good happen, i.e. the third Lesnar-Lashley match. That was very stupid. And what annoyed me, with his boilerplate brawl template, right, is that Seth Rollins had spent minutes of my life, right, trying to really unsettle Lashley, trying to get under his skin with the idea being, as I've just said, like, in a fair fight, you're going to knock me out, mm. spark out, because you're massive and I'm not, so I need something else. I need to, need to live in your head rent-free, Ooh. as they say, okay? Why, when they separated this brawl, did Rollins just go straight back in and try and jump the officials? Isn't that like a badass babyface trait? Well, they can't decide what he is, yeah. This is so confusing. The character is absolutely all out of the shop and has been for the last few weeks, so I got very little out of this. To be honest, I don't need to see these two interacting. It's been months. Mm. Um, I'm very excited for next week, though, because whoever's refereeing that match is getting their head caved in, basically. Yeah. That's going to be the spot because they teased it later. He's getting told off by uh, Postman Pierce, who's effectively said, "Do it, lay your hands on another official and you're suspended, fined, whatever. Yeah. You're going away until you can come back, presumably, so, and set up your match with Lesnar at WrestleMania. So Rollins is going to lure that official into the trap of Lashley. I just want to see. Using head games because he's not physically equipped to yeah. beat him one-on-one, so why did he jump back into the melee? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely confusing. Triple H... Yet again, falling into a trap of who am I meant to cheer? Who am I meant to boo? What is your defining trait? Why do you have contradictory traits? You can't boo. Uh, Austin Theory's backstage, the United States champion, and, and Byron asks him for his thoughts on it, and he's just laughing. He's loving watching these two tear lumps out of each other, basically. Uh, the business, sorry, there's has uh, evolved and forgotten about both of them. 
Uh, I live in the now. I've got all the cards in my hand. The forever is just beginning. Uh, Mustafa Ali is there, though, and uh, he says, you fucking idiot, Theory. You're writing your mouth again, writing checks that you, your ass can't cash in. I don't think Ali should be saying things like that. Also, that's not the phrase, is it? Yeah. I get what you're doing here, because then he was like, well, speaking of cash yours fucking sucks. But, yeah, that pisses off Theory. Uh, and uh, Ali's like, look, I had to fight for my shots at the title. You know, I just keep getting back up, keep fighting. I'm going to become US champion. And Theory says, fine. You know, he's such a prick. <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a bit of knuckle fight then. Uh, but one more shot. If you don't win this, I don't want ever to hear the word opportunity coming out of your mouth again. Yeah. I, I will say this. Just, who does Ali think he is? I think, I, I, like I said, I, I, maybe I'm too optimistic. Maybe I'm too kind to all this. But I've said for quite some time now, I, I like the way, where, I don't necessarily like it actually, but I can see where this is going in terms of Ali's like, oh, come on, I'm nearly there. And then it's all like, what happened here happens. And I, I think he's going to snap and hopefully he has to turn heel because otherwise he's a bitch. <laughs> Do you, he's, he's just Al Mouth, like... Can't take anything I'll he says. I'll mouth in your trousers. Aye. I'll give any idea. Oh, I love that phrase. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I just was watching this. I can't take a word you're ta- saying seriously. Yeah, I, I'm ready for him to turn now. Uh, back to the poker tournament. Uh, and we get a nerd sheesh off between Gallows and Gable, which may surprise you. I quite enjoyed. Yeah, I thought you might. Uh, and uh, Corbin's like, shut up. I'm trying to get a read. On Dexter Loomis, but who could have called this Michael Sidgwick? He can't, but uh, he thinks. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're bluffing. I can see through those that, that black expression. I think. I think you're bluffing. Calls him. Uh, Corbin's got it straight, which is a pretty good hand if you uh, know, know what you know about. But I, don't I know, know nothing. No, uh, but I can infer it. But uh, you know what? Ca- carry on. Got a good point to make. Okay. Well, Loomis has got a full house, uh, aces and jacks, which uh, beats us straight, naturally. And uh, Corbin's like, oh, you're bloody cheating. Uh, and he says, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a good hiding. And then, and then Loomis puts an axe on the table, as all the best poker pros do, and Corbin backs down. Yesterday on the preview, we were talking about the, discussing the imminent um, poker invitational. Yes. And uh, me and Hamphill were quite, it was the end of the day, there's a really entertaining football match on. Oh. So we were just, at this point, the otherwise great preview, we were just uh, Japan-Croatia. So when you said to us, what's going on, guys? Like, what is mm-hmm. going to happen? We thought, right, well, Dexter Loomis is obviously going to be used as a poker face. Go with that, yeah. We booked this in five seconds. Not out of passion, not out of great, funny idea, but... This is the rubbish that they will do with this. Mm. And that was the rubbish they did with this. Tell you what, though. What casual fans of poker meant to me. <laughs> because they did not explain to me, Adam Wilborn, the specific way in which Loomis's hand was better than Corbin's hand. But guess what? I'm not a complete dickhead idiot, right? And you can just Google it, I suppose. You can Google it. But even if you don't have time or you don't have access to the technology everybody does, most most people, let's face it. The people who complain about it have access to the to- technology because yeah. they're using the technology to complain about it, <laughs> actually. I could infer from the uh, acting of the characters involved mm-hmm. that Dexter's hand was better than Baron's hand 
because Baron reacted as if, oh, God, Dexter's got a better hand than me, and I've lost, and all the other wrestlers were like, whoa. So even though I don't know anything, right, about poker, not a single thing, someone tried to teach me once, it's not the kind of thing I'm good at, right? I could infer things despite not knowing directly about them. Mm. So when Junakiyama comes on a rampage, <laughs> despite being told he's wrestling royalty, I see the reaction. I hear the reverence with which Eddie Kingston talks about him. I can infer, all right, this guy's a big deal. Do you know that? Yeah. You see that new uh, casino that opened around the corner in Newcastle, by the way? I went along to the, uh, went along to the opening, played a couple of hands, and they said, came over and they said, uh, excuse me, mate, no professionals. I said, I'm not a professional. They said, you should be. I said, I make a load of money in podcasting. So. <laughs> right. Uh, and the other table, it's all kicking off between Tazara and Dominic for some reason. Uh, and they said, let's have a fight then. <laughs> These won't have a fight as well. Uh, and Dom was like, hey, they're learning. Dom said, uh, you're short like my deadbeat dad. And he didn't clarify who his dad yeah. was for once. Uh, and JBL said, uh, don't fight in here, fight outside, or preferably wrestle. Very convenient. <laughs> right, moving on. United States Championship, Mac. Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. Skip. Yeah. Actually, you know what? On one little minor rant about this before we press the Wait button. Wait a second, I thought Skip means Skip. It does ordinarily, right? Okay. okay, who am I meant to like you? So the story of the match is that back and forth, boring, two and three quarter stars, no one's really reacting. It's a WWE match on WWE Raw. And then Dolph Ziggler interferes. Right, and Ali's naturally furious about this because he's cost him the chance to win the United States title. Right, so you've got, so you got Austin Theory, the heel. You have got Dolph Ziggler doing a heelish thing to the detriment of the babyface. The babyface is Mustafa Ali, who's been geeked so thoroughly that it has now become a verb. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really get behind him either. Who am I meant to like? Who am I meant to get behind? This is Triple H, all hour, and it's ridiculous. He cannot book. Who am I meant to... Dolph Ziggler versus Austin Theory. Who am I meant to like? Dolph Ziggler, you're a dick. You've just wasted someone's opportunity. They've just ruined someone's night. All right, okay, can't wait to boo you. I can't wait to cheer you. No, I'm not going to cheer you. Honestly, Triple H sucks. Enough all that. Now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five star review review is brought to you by Colm Noon. If you want your name associated uh, with the five star review review, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, you can do so by leaving us a five star review on iTunes and uh, posting your review there. Or, as Colm has done, you can leave us a five star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. Obviously. Uh, and then email it to me, uh, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Can't just get a five-star review review for doing nothing. Oh, come on. You've got to put a bit of work in. You've got to really, really uh, manipulate that algorithm for me. Yeah. Uh, and Calm writes, gentlemen of what culture, feel free to do your Irish accent on this one. So he's giving me a pass, if anything. I love a self-deprecating accent victim. Yes. Greetings from from Ross Com- I'm just gonna Greetings from Ross Common in the West Midlands of Ireland. Apologies, Colm. Uh, a small town where literally dozens and dozens of wrestling fans reside. Uh, if ever you lads are in the area on holidays, the pints are on me. Add it to the to the list for the podcast tour. Yeah. 
Ross Common in the West Midlands of Ireland. Got it. Uh, I must thank you for the laughs you've given me over the last crap couple of years. He doesn't say crap, but I'll, I'll edit it there. Uh, not just COVID-related. Uh, when, when I need a laugh, I just listen to your podcast. My younger brother and I discuss your podcast rather than wasting our time discussing WWE yeah. content anymore. You spare me and others partaking in the complete waste of time that is watching WWE programs. Uh, from Wilborn's positive outlook on everything, funny puns, and remarkable accents... Uh, he's going to regret saying that. Uh, to the Dadly Boys analysis, encyclopedic knowledge, and genius, but yet so simple booking ideas. Not to mention their growing contempt of WWE. This make this makes What Culture a must listen to podcast. Uh, it may please you to know we were on a trip to Munich last week for the NFL game. Go Carl's. Um and we regret. <laughs> Sorry. We regaled the people of Munich with various wrestling themes with lyrics replaced with segments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the non-wrestling fans in our group were very confused by the whole thing. See, like, we got a complaint on wrestling culture. You're like, you're too cack obsessed. Well, it's not us. We're just reflecting them. We're just re- we reflect society. <laughs> we're telling stories. Um, for my five-star review review, may I suggest something from the Ruthless Aggression era? Oh, good. Uh, an interview between Maria and Carlito. Do you smell what white cock is cooking? Yeah, that could be one. Which epitomizes WWE's atrocious treatment and sexualization of women. I think this went beyond that and just made Maria look ridiculously stupid in an, in an effort to execute carry-on-style material. Keep up the good work, lads. We're always listening. I have, of course, given you a five-star review on Spotify. Image attached. There it is, Sige. Right there. Thank you uh, very much. Proof. What was that fellow's name? Uh, Colm Noon. Colm. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. Top of the morning to you. So, uh, what's the what's the law of Carlito and Maria and, and this 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 time period in WWE? Uh, Hamlet usually does this. Yeah. Um, they basically wanted these two characters to interact so that the uh, young adult males watching would think that she sucks dick. Right, okay. And then swallows, I wasn't trying to... It's quite, quite subtle. And then this. swallows the... Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get to it, and then if there's any subtext... Yeah, you walk me through it. ...that needs illuminating here, oh, I'm your man. Yeah, Maria basically played a ditzy backstage interview for quite a long period of time, didn't she? She did stuff with Cena or RC. Yeah, 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 this was like a gimmick. Yeah. And Carlito did Apple stuff. Did Apple stuff. He used to spit in the face of people who weren't cool. He came back for the rumble, didn't he? And everyone was like, oh, he can still give. He's got a baddie, actually. Yeah. Uh, right. seen for five-star wrestling. You know, I did this big diatribe on a podcast, the Ronda Rousey one, uh, where we discussed WWE's Ronda Rousey problem, which, of course, if you've missed it, very insightful, actually. Um, really good discussion there. You can catch that on uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, really. But during that podcast, I was like, look, I hate saying that wrestlers phone it in because they bump. You can't phone it in. Mm. You can be less interested than you've ever been. You can not really care about your performance or even the enjoyment of the crowd that much. But you can't phone in a bump, I'm sorry. Collie phoned it in for five star wrestling. It was amazing. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch that. Um, so yeah, we go backstage on a, another thrilling episode of Ruthless Aggression Era Monday Night Raw. Wait till we get to the comments, by the way. 
uh, and Maria, who suspiciously is about to sound incredibly close to Tiffany Stratton, says, I'm standing by with WWE superstar Carlito. Christ. Now, we just saw Matt Stryker <laughs> defeat Eugene, but last week on Raw, it was you who almost defeated Matt Stryker, but then Eugene got involved, and you took out Matt Stryker and Eugene. Why? Don't you like Eugene? And Carlito says, eh, I like Eugene. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like that. Just do a normal voice. I like Eugene, Eugene just fine, says Carlito. He's from Chesterfield now. <laughs> I like him just fine, until he got involved in my match. One thing around here that everyone needs to learn, right, is that messing with Carlito is not cool. Right? And he says, well... I know what is cool. Your t-shirt. I just love that evil little apple. Point out his chest. But I don't understand. Do you spit or swallow? I've only seen you spit the apple. And everyone in the crowd's like, oh my god. Oh my god, I can think it's my cat. And Carlito says... Well, Maria, let me ask you the same question, right? Do you spit or do you swallow? Why is he Ridge Holland? And Maria's like, hmm. I'm like, come on, say the thing, <laughs> right? When I eat an apple? And he's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, when you eat an apple. And she goes, duh, I swallow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Huge baby. Right, and would you, do you want to clarify what she means by that? Well, it's uh, it's what the French call a double entendre. Ah. Okay. Double entendre, where they are talking about one thing, but the suggestion is that they're actually talking about something else. So just to use this example, in fact, to illustrate the concept, mm. Wilborn, which you struggle with every single week. Ah, yeah. Maybe you'll get it. Uh, one day. Is that she's talking about, do you, when you bite an apple, Yeah. do you swallow the chunk so that you get the attendant nutrients and health benefits and energy? That's one you five a day, yeah. From eating an apple. Or do you inexplicably spit it out? But not inexplicably because, you know, it shows a bit of disdain if you spit it at somebody. Yeah. Okay. So do you spit it mm. out to show disdain for the person you're Discussing things with, <laughs> or do you swallow it for the attendant nutrients and health benefits and energy? Right, yeah, I got that. But right, the idea is that if you're performing oral sex on a man, <laughs> what tends to happen if you do the literal job, the blow job to completion, <laughs> is that you will um, compel the man to ejaculate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you with me on this? Got you, got you so okay. Far. Okay. So um, the idea is that I didn't neck the jizzing out of that cock. Okay. It's not it's honey. No. Okay. Um, I've been reliably informed that this stuff mm -hmm. doesn't particularly smell nice. <laughs> or people have told me, like, tastes particularly nice, right? Okay. So there's a certain dilemma mm, yeah. involved in this, right? Okay. Um, do you, like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's disgusting. Do you spit it out immediately? Yeah. 
or do you go, mm, yummy, <laughs> and just happily imbibe the ejaculate? Yeah. There are, the, the thing oh, is, is so, that, so go on. So there, he, she's thinking, when I eat an apple, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for the purposes of getting my one of my five a day and obviously keeping the doctor away. And a tasty snack. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, mm, do you swallow? But it, if it was a, if it's gack. If it's, yeah, but what comes out of it? Ejaculate. Yeah, she's not swallowing as, well, <laughs> she's particularly skilled. <laughs> so when she, if you just, uh, just isolate her saying, duh, I swallow. Yeah. There are, there's a third option to the spit and swallow. Maybe we'll say that for another podcast. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But the idea, Wilborn, here, you've, you've done well, you're with me so far. Got it. Is that he wants to know whether, what she does with his stuff. Got it. Uh, and he says, now that, Maria. <laughs> he puts his arm around her. That's cool. And he gives her an apple. So I'm still confused what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, so, Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we go to the comments. I'm sure we'll, we'll clear this up even more. Uh, once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, the Dadly Boys, anyone at What Culture Wrestling. We might get clarification on what it actually means here. Yeah. Just because um, I'm, you know, I, I might be wrong. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you were talking about the six-hour roar earlier on in the pod, uh, and I said, just do a clip show. Just play the hits. It's like the comment section was playing some of the best uh, five-star review review hits here. First, per- first comment I read, Dedeo writes... Remember, Ruthless Aggression, Maria, Carlito, you know, oh, back when Raw was awesome. Awesome, was it? It, it wasn't awesome. I don't remember I, it being I, I, no, awesome. I watched, I watched it and it wasn't really awesome. Uh, again. Tell you what, it was awesome in 94. <laughs> Raw in 94 was absolutely off the bloody uke. Um, Lorenzo, another one of my favourites, this. Uh, the writing of WWE is something we often talk about, but I particularly enjoy it when... Someone thinks they can do it better, but can't. Lorenzo writes, <laughs> Carlito should have asked, how about when you eat a banana? <laughs> do you smell swallow? <laughs> and now, why would it be a banana? Well, I was going to say, right, okay, it's unfortunate that the uh, the prop of choice for Carlito was an apple for this specific purpose because the banana is a more, like... Phallic. Phallic object yeah. that makes sense, way more sense than the double entendre. Because why would she be confused? Why would she be confused? Also, just imagine. Why is it even, how's an apple close to a cock? The whole thing with. It's close to, closer to a bollock, if anything. <laughs> yeah. But also, think of the fact that they, they didn't just have to say, uh, Carlito, you like apples now. Like, that had been his thing from day one. Yeah. That and getting his assistant to, I think, stab John Cena in a nightclub at one point. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Imagine if the whole thing was, you were like, oh, no, Carlito's going to lose. And he goes, and they go, oh, I can't see, and roll up one, two, three. Right? There's a bit of acid in there as well. Yeah, but imagine in that spot if you had to peel a banana. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, quick, quick, Jesus, peel a banana. And smudge, smush it in someone's eyes and stuff. Uh, another one of our, another one of our absolute favourites now. You all knew it was coming. Heel Marcus writes, Oh, I wish I was the apple. <laughs> uh, so you could just reside in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until you just die in an acid bath, essentially. Fish, apple. What was the other one? Someone's ear. I think I said I wanted to be the other week. 
So basically, if you're that, be Miz's ear, I think. If you're that apple, right? Let's go through the the, the life, the life cycle <laughs> of the apple. If you've suddenly transmogrified into this apple, yeah. okay. So what happens is, right? Big pair of teeth just chomp at you, right? Isn't that the thing that's bad about the yeah the double entendre bit, the teeth element? <laughs> yeah. So he's got it completely wrong from the start. Yeah. So you lose a chunk of your. Yeah, you know, if you're into a body, it's like someone biting your arm off. Yeah, no one likes teeth in the scenario. No. Just bit of swallows. Um, uh, sorry, you, you get a painful bite, okay? Right? And then, because... How do you eat an apple? Do you go... I go... Um, uh, if you take a big enough bite, big enough chomp, requires a few bites, does yeah, it not? Yeah, you've got to use the, the molars, <laughs> actually. So if you do that, okay... You're going to get bitten quite a bit. Yeah. Maybe it's your thing. Yeah. Maybe it's your thing. Yeah, so point. maybe he's, you know, he likes getting bitten. He thinks, oh, an apple, I'll get bitten by a woman a few mm. times here. But if he hasn't got a biting king, then he's really not thought this through particularly well. So what happens is you get, oh, I've been, my whole body's been bitten here. Ah, oh, I'm getting bitten again by the molars <laughs> this time. Okay. I get swallowed now. Wee Down the gulf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, that's not quite swallowing that I thought was going to happen. I'm just going into an acid bath yeah. to get digested, and uh, <laughs> I'm dead. And <laughs> that's it. If you consider here the uh, core, yeah, that's your carcass. Slow, painful death, that, because there's still flesh on the bone. I don't know where your brain is if you're the apple here. <laughs> yeah. But let's just say there's a little brain next to the where stem, the old dead is. Yeah. So that's like a slow, painful death. <laughs> you are no longer... Away getting painfully bitten by the lady that you clearly just want to have sex with. Just say that instead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you're not thinking about it here. You're not uh, thinking about the Faustian bargain that you struck. <laughs> and then you're just, uh, if you're lucky, you can get the quicker, painful death of, like, maybe a, like an animal. Maybe, like, if you're in a field. <laughs> and, like, you ever seen a horse eating apple? Yeah, it's like, that's, 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 that's dead. You're, yeah. you're dead. Um, so, yeah, if you've not thought this through. What's his name? Uh, Ace Steel, I think. No, uh, Heel Marcus. <laughs> well, Marcus, think it, think it through. Joel the Slasher. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Gets worse, because wait till I hear his comment. Right. Carlito reminds me of myself with females before I was in a relationship. Good old days. So you go up to him and go, spit or swallow, is it, love? No, oh, I wonder why I'm still single. I can't get there. What's funny about that is Carlito, have you ever heard... Jim Ross talking about him on Grilling JR. No. Like, if you consider what Jim Ross is like on Twitter, mm-hmm. he's talking about Carlito and his ability to socialize with the females. Yes. Jim Ross can barely hide his jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this kid was so gifted in the ring, and yet he was just in the business for one thing, and that is it was easier to meet a lot of yeah. women. And Jim Ross is like, yeah, yeah I'm too good at actually. Jealous. Uh, Analog265, I love this comment. I don't know if it's even funny, but it's just a, an amazing visual. All right, shut your eyes, Sitch. When I was quite young, I got into a big argument with someone and spat in their face like Carlito. It didn't turn out to be the ultimate soul-crushing disrespect I hoped it would be. Instead, he just stood there and looked at me like I was an idiot, which I suppose I was. Imagine that. We can have this out, me and you, outside. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. What are you doing? Yeah. 
I mean, it would, it would disarm a fight because you'd be like, what's wrong with you? Uh, it's a different tactic here from Ironborn PVM, who just writes, boobies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, like, might, you might need to watch the clip to understand where that comes from. What's particularly hideous about this is that this is all the work of these perverted dinosaurs in the toxic backstage culture. But as bad as they were, do you think they realized, oh, this uh, emerging internet tool called social media means that these poor women who are getting characterized as sluts and airheads are probably going to get this for the rest of their life. The rest of their yeah. bloody lives. No matter what they accomplish, no matter what incredible obstacles they overcome in their lives, like Maria has, they're just going to get, oh yeah, she spoils come, basically. That's what the, that's what the uh, implication is here. Awful. Um, then again, um, you know, some people, you know, I said I struggled with the concept here. I think user 446 does as well, because he writes, nine months later, boom, pregnant. What? That's not how any of this works. <laughs> a, it's not nine months later, boom, pregnant. And B, it's not pregnant. The whole concept of what we're discussing here, neither of neither scenario does someone get pregnant. Spit, no pregnancy. Swallow, no, no pregnancy. No. Because it's in a womb, not your stomach. <laughs> Uh, I love I love it when people try and neg them. A like Maria, who's happily married to to Mike Canellis, of course, and I'm very happy for them. A happy family uh, and doing great stuff. And you know, right? But King Cam thinks, well, if she scrolls through these comments, I'm going to neg her, and uh, and maybe she'll recognise old King Cam eight two six three. Do you want to you play a game? Actually, it's time to play the game. Right, finish this sentence. No, oh, I don't want to. I rate her face a six. Six for Maria, right? But her body, blank. Um, oh God, I don't want to get this right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say. A ten. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. That would be Generally, the scale is between one and ten, isn't it? Zero and ten, I suppose. I rate her face a six, but her body a 26. <laughs> Out of what? Just say 69 and be done with it. Uh, Nature Life 449 just writes, OMG, what a mouth. <laughs> oh. And the final God. comment goes to rcarlisi 63 writes, Man, <laughs> if only YouTube was around when I was a kid, I would never have needed those old porno mags. <laughs> also, when this came out, YouTube definitely was a thing. <laughs> and also, cheat code here, R. Carly C63. You don't need new YouTube now. There was a, there's, a, there's something you've missed. There's a step you've missed there. You've gone porno mag. Mm, modern day porno mags is probably YouTube, I think, is the best step. Go on the internet and hmm, where can I watch YouTube? Obviously, that's, that's where you have to go. Well, I've got no idea what you're talking about, Wilborn. All I know is that, right, okay. Willing participants in the business of arousing men. Okay. Ooh. What about um, women just trying to do a job in an industry that probably don't want you jerking off over them? Yeah, yeah. Like, just switch on. Switch on. Anyway, 
Cheers, Colm, for suggesting that. Cole Noon. Uh, Thanks. Pop culture wrestling. You know what you were suggesting. I maintain, I want the next one to be, like, the most innocuous, like, wholesome, like, old thing. And I want to find how people get horny yeah. about it. That's what I want next. That's the challenge. And uh, let's not forget, we are mere weeks away from Christmas Day, of course. Mm-hmm. Always a good one, that one. A little Christmas special. We all bring something to the table, and we all leave absolutely disgusted. Uh, speaking of which, uh, back to Monday Night Raw. The Miz uh, tries to get involved in the poker game, uh, and JBL's like, hey, I like you, because we're both heels together. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to pay to, to get involved, and Miz is kind of strapped for cash a bit at the moment, because he had to pay off Dex Looms, of course, and he's like, hey, you know I'm good for it. And JBL's like, no, nah, I can't let you in. You're too poor. And he's like, I'll give you my Rolex. And JBL's like, that's fake. So they're doing a Mrs. Paul storyline oh, now. God. Uh, and then Corbin, back in the room, looks like he's won, goes to grab it, but all oh, the cards spill out of his pocket. AJ Styles is furious. They get into an argument, and that sets up a six-man. Everyone leaves, and presumably, Dex Loomis is a poker pro now, because I think he won the whole thing, and him and Gargano took all the money. Two matches have emerged rather conveniently, from something you would just simply never film. It was just like a really sort of dry yeah. game of poker, which people who watch wrestling don't necessarily watch. And what if it just went out without, went off without a hitch, and it was like a really intricate, meticulous, drawn-out game, full of mind games, like poker aficionados, uh, Willborn, would love this. Mm. Like they'd be like trying to really drill into Slow the facial expressions it, yeah. and seeing like, right... I can't even tell if he's bluffing here, and I can't wait to see if he's bluffing. What if it was that for, like, eight hours? <laughs> what if, like, they barely... Well, what's, like... The poker games go really, really long sometimes. Yeah, that's why I got so bored with it so fast at uni. I was like, I can't handle this. People are like, it's like 3 a.m., and they're like, a few more hours, and this will be over with. And I'm like, oh, God, I've got stuff to do, mate. Like... Well, it's funny how this didn't happen here. This was, for uh, what would it have been? Probably, let's say off top right, a 12-man tournament. They wrapped it pretty sw- swift. Sports entertainment sucks. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society should disband now because sports entertainment satire is irrelevant. Is it? Because look at this. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> right. Uh, we had Kathy Kelly chatting to Bianca Belair, who, as I mentioned earlier, went, I kind of hope Bailey wins because uh, I'll beat her again. But she's willing to take on Ellie Challenger, and uh, I love Bianca Belair, so great. Uh, and then we got the six-man from the poker tournament, uh, which is actually, I was thinking, like, oh, this is bloody pointless. It was actually quite good fun. I was like, I was really enjoying this. Some nice double teams from the OC. The OC. You got my tra- man, Luke Gallows. My unironic and ironic man, Luke Gallows, was actually up for it. Yeah, Otis did something great in here as well, I seem to remember. What was he did? It was, there was some spot in there, and he... he he just, I think he, it might have been Gallows he chucked around. I can't find it in my notes here, uh, but it was great. Oh, yeah. Otis overhead suplexed Gallows. Great. Yeah. Yeah, this was the bit. Basically, normal sort of Triple H, back and forth. Uh, bit of fun with, with Gallows and, uh, and Gable, of course. Uh, and then everyone just, everyone just starts running wild. Styles hits Otis with a Pele kick. Anderson comes in and runs wild. Spinebuster. Corbin comes in. And then that was it. It was like, Styles takes out Corbin. Uh, Gallows comes in and drops someone. Otis gets Gallows and overhead suplexes him. Styles hits Otis with a phenomenal forearm. Gable suplexes Styles. Rolls up Anderson for a two-count. Anderson hits an uppercut, tags in Gallows. And Gallows saves Anderson from uh, Gable's roll-through. 
chaos theory, I think it's called, and they hit him with a magic killer for the one, two, three. This was great fun. It's just honestly, I really like this. This was just like all action, some really cool spots where the faces outweighed the heels because I knew who the faces and the heels were. I had fun with this. Yeah, Not it was an like, outstanding, but genuinely a really fun match. Yeah, it was like a like a weird house show match. That I had a great time watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss is warming up backstage with the doll. Not got my bloody phone, so we can't do the Lily gimmick. Can you try and just do it? Lily. It stacks. Hey, I'll two seconds. I'll try, try and fill the void. Lily. Get that. I hope Stack shows up late because we're a, p- a person short on the NXT preview. So yeah. fingers crossed. We'll make an appearance. <laughs> Candice LeRae's getting interviewed. Um, she's talking about how much she's got to fight for now, especially being a new mom. And then in comes Gargano and Loomis. And they're talking. She's like, what have you been doing? I've been in the poker tournament. Look how much we won. And she's like, what the? Oh, thankfully Gargano stops it from getting cancelled, basically. Uh, and then, I don't know, they leave to reignite the way. That's all I took from this. Cool. <laughs> and then it was, oh, God, it's not even main event time yet. Sorry, I got to get ahead of myself. Then it was, well, it was the main event because it's the main star of Monday Night Raw, Dominic Mysterio uh, versus Akira Tozawa. This is great. This was so much fun. He's the best heel in wrestling. I might volunteer. I think it was Andy who wrote the top 10 wrestlers of 2022. I might volunteer to voice that and just at the end go, number one, John Moxley, psych. It's Dominic Mysterio, everyone. Suck it. Because <laughs> it was like a two and a half, three minute match. Uh, Dominic hit the three amigos. Uh, Rhea Ripley's happy. Akira Tozawa takes over. Misses a top rope sent on, and Dominic Stereo hits him with a frog splash to get the win. But I know you want to say something about My it. favorite genre of WWE television match, right? Isn't the 19 minute bangers, which aren't bangers because they don't bang because no one reacts to them until the last three minutes, okay? My favorite genre of WWE television match is something that is. Three minutes long, and how does it go as wrong as it does? <laughs> how can you how can you pack in so much rubbish in such a short amount of time? I find that more impressive than anything else, truly, and enjoyable because I'm a sicko. So yeah, this is the match. Kirtozawa does a senton, misses. He's prone for the three amigos, right? And there's like three ups in like three seconds. It's so funny. So Dominic Mysterio tries to leave the ring. To my untrained eye, it makes no difference which side of the turnbuckle no. he goes out of. But maybe he's more comfortable on the other side or whatever. Either way, he messes up because he goes to leave the ring, goes, actually, I prefer to go out the other side. Maybe it's just like more muscle natural. To, or something, yeah, yeah, so why does he do the wrong? How, uh, how, yeah, that's, how can he get muscle memory wrong? Yeah, that's good how can he get muscle memory wrong? It's muscle memory. So anyway, he goes to leave, goes, oh, no, I'm more comfortable on the other side. I don't know why I did that. I do, you know, very good. He goes to the top. Goes to the top turnbuckle, right? And Corey Graves is anticipating the thing he does every week, the thing that annoys the crowd, the idea that he dares think of himself as on the same level as Eddie Guerrero, the new Eddie Guerrero, if you like. So Corey Graves goes, look at that shimmy, Kevin. Makes all the ladies go wild. And instead, Donald Mysterio does know Eddie Guerrero shimmy and just goes, hey, and then just jumps <laughs> off. It's there's, great. There's no, just, he forgets the one thing he's there to do. It was mint. He won, uh, and then they went to kick the crap out of Tazar even more, but Street Profits make the save. Backstage, Lashley's getting told off by Postman Pierce. We mentioned this earlier. Uh, punishing a lion for someone jumping into a lion's den. And then, I love that, because, like, I love Bobby Lashley. I think he's incredible, and I think he's had a very good year. And I love the way that his character's being presented right now. 
and he's a terrifying man. You can only be so terrifying whilst you're pulling a wheelie suitcase. Yeah, I know. Don't put a, someone in a lion's den. I'll rip their head off. You should be carrying it. Yeah. You should just throw it. It's probably nothing. I should probably throw it to the next state. <laughs> right, main event time. Who will face Bailey uh, in, the, uh, in the finals to determine next week who will be uh, Bianca Belair's number one contender? Alexa Bliss, Nikki Gross, Becky Lynch. Um, huge pap early on for the uh, tease of a sister Abigail. She's going to get nonced by the Fiend again, it would seem. Um, that was undermentioned, underreported, mm. underdiscussed. The Fiend infantilized a grown woman and they then had this sort of romantic relationship, kind of. Mm. With her box like structure. Yeah. She got groomed <laughs> in the air of speaking out. And the optics of it were just nothing to WWE, which says a disturbing amount. Mm. Uh, nice Tower of Doom spot where Lynch sort of power bombs both of them because they're fighting in the corner. Cross gets covered for two. Uh, I like Nikki Cross in this match. Comes in with a high cross. Bliss breaks that up. She shoves Cross shoves Bliss into the side of the ring and then just sort of cross bodies her against it. Oh, like that, like it was one of those things where it's like that, they all probably hurt, as you alluded to earlier. But that looked like it legitimately hurt. Like there's no give in the side yeah. of a ring. So getting cross bot someone cross bodying you against it must be like oh me bloody back me bloody back. Um, Cross set up for her swinging neck breaker off the middle rope, but Lynch comes off the top with a diving sort of leg drop onto both of them uh, and gets a two count on Bliss for that. Um, Lynch hits uh, Nikki Cross with a manhandle slam on the apron, and then in comes Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Who could have seen this coming? Everyone, actually. Uh, they yank her out of the ring, get her up, shield-esque powerbomb through the announce table. Uh, Nikki Cross is down from the manhandle slam, as I mentioned, and that allows Bliss to go up top. Twisted Bliss, one, two, three. Bliss will face Bailey next week to see who faces Bianca Belair. I didn't really think much of this. Maybe it's a third hour fatigue. The threat of the kids waking up. <laughs> forgetting where you'd put Buddy the Elf. <gasps> was he on a shelf? He actually was. That's where he lives when you... you know. um, Just pay those people to Grinch up your house. You see that woman who did that last year? She paid like well, 50 quid. Someone smashed up her kitchen. <laughs> well, Buddy put himself on the shelf. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just... Alexa Bliss is not very good. I, I, a fair play for taking that bump when she's on offense, like she can channel demonic forces or whatever the f Bray Wyatt is. I think but she's in a difficult spot right now in terms of the fact she's sort of halfway house, isn't she? She can't be old Alexa Bliss, just great and just you know when she was the champ and just was all that. But she also can't be dark Alexa Bliss just yet. Well, she's in a bad place when she's dark Alexa Bliss because well, yeah, character is absolutely rotten. Um, <laughs> I just. If she's playing kind of a, at the minute she is playing a babyface, yeah, who is aligned with babyfaces and is a competitor, she's just better as a chicken heel because yeah. very few people can play that role without it just becoming horrendous. She's one of them. She's not doing it, and I don't think she's got much else. Snap. I'd rather see. Yeah. There's no real impact. It's flimsy, like a. Big dive to the outside. It's such a cushioned landing. I just can't get into it yeah. personally. I'd rather see... Great performer. 
in a certain role. She's this winning. for me, I'm not doing it. Spoiler alert for next week's Raw preview. She's winning next week, obviously, to be the one. We've said this from the beginning. She should be the interim challenger for Bianca Belair, or maybe even the, the pay-per-view challenger yeah. for the Royal Rumble. But I'd much rather see, yeah, what, 2018? Alexa Bliss, just off the top of my head. Basically, I'm trying to pick a spot where she wasn't associated with The Fiend. Yes. And she was just a great heel champion. So, yeah, pick a year, 2016, 2017, 2018. I can't remember which one... The, that that time where she held the belt like that over her arm, she did the nice fake out as well. Remember that for the elimination chamber, mm. that was good. Yeah, do that. Is she the yeah she was she the one who yeah she came in with the money in the back briefcase and kicked the crap out of Nia Jax. That was great. That version I'd rather see that versus Bianca Belair. But yeah, um, the story made sense. They did good for both Rhea Ripley and Be- Becky Lynch in both of these matches to be like, you got to watch them because these stars are in it. But they also got an excuse for reasons why both of them didn't win, and we can sort of hold those off till till a little bit later. So I did enjoy that, and uh, yeah, I don't really like the Nikki Cross. <laughs> Bloody bonkers me! I'm going to sit on the, the the announce table and cackle for the first few minutes of a match. Absolute dreck. But then when she just is allowed to wrestle, great. Do more of that. Let her do more of that. But anyway, uh, yeah, it will be uh, Alexa versus Bailey next week to determine the new number one contender. But let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sid will be back maybe with a special guest a little bit later on to preview the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! In the interim, why not have... Uh, a go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review on there suggesting something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us, to re- for us to review in future. Or just like Carl Noon did, uh, you can do it on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Screenshot it. We need the proof. Yeah, obviously. Uh, and then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 